Good morning, Moncton Wesleyan. Woo! Did I get a woo? Anybody? Woo! <laughs> Is this thing on? Hello? Check. One, two. How are we doing this morning? Hey, great to see you all. Glad that you're here this morning. Let me tell you why I am so excited. For one reason, I'm in Israel right now. <laughs> ah, that's good. That's great. I am. I'm in Israel. And uh, you're obviously watching me on video. Israel is crazy awesome. And I will tell you all about my trip. You'll probably get sick of me hearing, uh, hear me sharing about my trip to Israel. And uh, we'll go again in a few years. So uh, save your money. And I'd uh, love to get you over to Israel. It is crazy. I'm also super excited about this series that we're in, Shift, and these core values, and especially today's core value. And I'm also, also super excited that you are here. And I'm glad that you're here this morning. Believe that God has a message for you today, and uh, pumped that you're here. Hope that you're having a great day. Thank you for being a part of Moncton Wesleyan Church family. These are great days, and this is a great time to be a part of our church family. So I am Truly glad that you're here. Okay, each week of the series, we've been doing a little recap and going over the vision and the core values. Also, I've been reminding us that these core values are not, they're not the doctrines of the Wesleyan Church. You can find those on the denomination website. Just go to wesleyan.org and you can find those doctrines. So we didn't put them in the core values. That would be redundant. We don't need to do that. Also, the core values are, they're not the mission of the church. They are the ideas that help to shape the culture to better help us accomplish the vision and the mission of the church. If you planted something this spring, how many gardeners do we have out there? Anybody planting flowers at all? Any gardeners at all? Anybody? All right. Okay. If you plant something this spring, and it's been like minus 58 all spring. But anyhow, if you did happen to plant something that was tough enough to to survive this cold spring, if you know that you've got to have the right soil in the right environment. It has everything to do with whether or not that plant will grow. And core values are like soil. They create the proper conditions for growth. Okay, so you know the drill by now. Those of you who have been here in other weeks of the series, you know that we're going to repeat the vision out loud, and we're going to say it like we mean it because it is a pretty big deal. Okay, are you ready? Here we go. Here, we're going to read the, we're going to say the vision statement out loud together and say it like you mean it. Here we go. People inviting people to experience and follow Jesus. All right. Did you say it out loud? How do I know? I'm on video. Let's say it again. Say say it really, really loud. We're people inviting people to experience and follow Jesus. All right. Okay. I think you're getting it. Uh, Vision leaks. Vision leaks. So we have to keep coming back to it. We have to keep repeating it over and over So let's recap the core values, where we are up to this point. There are six total. We're on number five today. And here are the core values. We'll throw them up on the screen for you. Uh, Many of you have been tweeting these out and repeating them and uh, sharing them. That's, That's really helpful. Appreciate you doing that. Number one, we're fun. We're fun, all right? We love creating positive, upbeat environments for you and your family to enjoy. Church should be fun. There's nothing wrong with that. We want you to look forward to coming here and we want you to feel better when you leave this place. Number two, we're flexible. We're continually experimenting and innovating. It's our way of reflecting our creator. Number three, we're clear. We are clear. 
Things that are important should be easy to follow. If it matters to us, it should be clear to you. Just so I can be totally clear, let me repeat that one again. Things that are important should be easy to follow. If it matters to us, it should be clear to you. Number four, last Sunday, we're bold. We are bold. Our vision is to dream big and take great leaps of faith as God leads us. We'll choose risk over regret every time. So that's the core value that we did last Sunday. We are bold. Now here we are, Kate. Number five, today's core value. This one points directly back to our vision. This one is going to sound familiar. You're going to think, well, where have I heard that before? It's in the vision statement. We made part of the vision into one of our core values to, to help keep it in front of us all the time. This was very, very intentional that uh, why we did this. So here it is. Number five, we're inviting. We are inviting. We invite everyone we know to everything we do. We want to see as many people as possible get into environments where they can choose to follow Jesus. I'm going to say it again. We're inviting. We invite everyone we know to everything we do. We want to see as many people as possible get into environments where they can choose to follow Jesus. I'm praying. I'm praying for revival. I'm not only praying for revival. I'm expecting revival. We, we have everything going for us. God is with us. God has already done miraculous things. We have room. Look around. Look around. We have, we've got room for revival right here. We've got a container for revival right here. We are staffed for revival. We have a God-given vision. We have a community that is desperate for good news. And we have, Moncton Wesleyan, we have the good news. And it's time to take the good news out of the church and out into the streets and into our neighborhoods and into our work environments and wherever we encounter people who need to know that there is a God who loves them. He doesn't want to condemn them. He wants to restore them and bring them back. He doesn't want to fill their lives with with rules or suck all the joy out of their lives. God wants to fill them with love and peace and give them joy like they have never experienced before. And I'm praying for revival. I'm praying for revival. I'm expecting revival. We need to activate you, us, Moncton Weston. We need to activate the body of Jesus to reach out to those who don't yet know Jesus. Last Sunday, we talked about, we talked about risk and being bold for Jesus. And, and don't just put that bold label on the church and think, well, the church will do it. It's the church's responsibility. The, the church will be bold on my behalf. Don't just, don't just stick that on, on the church or attach that to the church. Make that a personal prayer for yourself. Pray something like this. Jesus, make me bold. Make me brave. Help me to take great risk to reach out to people who don't yet know you as their Savior. If you're here today... And you're not yet a Christian and all of this, this stuff seems a little, little weird. Let me explain. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, we are not out to get you. We're out to love you. We're out to show you the truth. We're not trying to, to cram the truth at anyone or force the truth on anyone. 
or argue people into heaven. We're out to love others towards the truth that Jesus really is the Son of God. He came, he died, and he rose again. And if that is true, then we believe that the followers of Jesus are supposed to be like Jesus. And Jesus himself said that he came to seek and to save the lost. So if you're here today and, and you don't yet know Jesus, I, I want you to know you're not quota. Uh, we're, not, we're not trying to catch you or, or, or anything like that. This is not an attendance drive. This is an eternity drive. And there's a huge difference between the two. This is a drive to rescue souls for eternity. Now, super keeners are going to know that I've, I've, the text that I'm going to share here in a few minutes, super keeners will, will remember that I used this not too long ago. And I'm going back to it because most of you don't even remember those sermons. And another reason why I'm going back to it is this text fires me up. Woo! And so here we go. We're going back to Matthew chapter 9. And we're going to read verses 9 through 13. Are you pumped? Look at somebody. Look at the person next to you. Say, I'm pumped. <laughs> Are you looking? You're not looking. Come on. Come on. Look at the person next to you. Say, I am pumped. All right. Here we go. Matthew chapter 9, verses 9 through 13. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people need a doctor, or healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. And then he added, now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. When you read this text, you have to... uh, you have to take off your 21st century Western culture filter. And you got to read verse 9 again as though you are one of the first people to ever hear about Matthew's conversion. Verse 9 again, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax, tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. To us, it's, it's short, it's fast. It's really matter of fact. But to the first century listener, this scripture, this this story to the first century listener is shocking. It's beefy. It's loaded with meaning. It means, when they heard this, it, it told them that Jesus is for everyone. It means that there's no depth or no distance that you can go where you are out of the reach of Jesus Christ. It means that that grace is like water. It flows to the lowest point. It means that Jesus was modeling for us that if we would be willing to see people, all people, as spiritually lost souls who God loves, that Jesus died for, that, that we would do the same thing that Jesus did. We would extend love and grace to others and we would invite them to follow Jesus. Our vision statement, People inviting people. Our vision statement is wrapped up in this verse. If you're wondering where I found that in the Bible, kaboom! There it is, right there. In fact, it's all over the Bible. 
Go into all the world, into all of Moncton, into all of Dieppe, Riverview, Salisbury, Capillet, Shediac, Hillsboro, wherever, whenever. Just go and invite people to come and follow Jesus. Jesus crossed a few lines when he reached out to Matthew. And I, I can't unpack right now all of those, all of those lines but they were, they were cultural lines that he crossed. They were religious lines that he crossed. There, they were social lines that Jesus crossed. And uh, let me just say this right here, because I don't, I don't know when I'll get to say this again, but I've been wanting to say this for a long time, and, and it, fits pre- it fits pretty good here when we think about Jesus crossing all of these lines to, to reach out to Matthew. I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but our church is becoming more beautiful all the time. Look around. I don't, I mean, I mean, when I say look around, don't, don't look up here. Like literally, like look around. Our church is becoming more beautiful all the time. We are consistently increasing in our ethnic diversity and it is a beautiful thing. Amen. Come on, come on. It is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I was thinking about this as, as I was writing this text. Sometime we need to do a, a nation's dinner. I think that's a great idea. We need to do a nation's dinner some night where everyone brings food from their homeland. Which means I'll bring something from Graham and Ann. <laughs> I'll, I'll bring lobster and delts. Lobster and delts. Anybody like delts? Like three of you. All right. I'll pick some, some seaweed off the rocks and bring that. Uh, you don't want to go to a church that looks like a loaf of white bread. You want multigrain. And uh, this is looking awesome, Moncton Weston. And I love... Uh, the diversity in our church. And so I just wanted to say that. Now, back to our text. Someone's probably thinking, sure, Matthew got up and followed and followed him. It's Jesus. Like, what else was he going to do? He, you know, couldn't sit there and say no. And you're thinking maybe, well, you know, I, I, can't, I can't just walk around the city, Pastor Tim, and say, hey, you should follow Jesus and you should follow. Get up and follow Jesus. Get up and follow Jesus. That's that's not going to work. Yeah, that's probably not going to work. But there are a lot of things that we can do. If you're a Jesus follower, if you're a Christian, a Christian, you are his representative. And people can see or should be able to see Jesus in you. You represent Jesus Christ. And also you, you can pray that, that God will send the Holy Spirit ahead of you. The Holy Spirit can, can actually get there ahead of you and, and start to work in a person's life and start to just to stir things up a little bit and, and get the ground, the soil ready in their soul. And you come in and the Holy Spirit's already done a lot of the work and, and uh, God goes ahead of you and prepares a person's heart. Jesus says to Matthew, follow me, follow me and be my disciple. I can't, I can't stop. I, I like love to unpack the whole follow me thing, but we can't spend a whole lot of time there because we need to we need to stay focused today on the invite. But sometime we'll come back to the follow. But but let's be clear about this for a moment. Let's be clear that that when we invite people, we're inviting them to follow Jesus. We're not inviting them to a club. We're not inviting them to a, a social club. We're not inviting people to a, a social group or some kind of you know networking place or something like that. We're inviting people, let's be clear, we're inviting people to follow Jesus with the rest of their lives. We're inviting people to lay down their lives, to take up their cross and follow Jesus. We're inviting people to be, to be crucified in Christ, dying to their old selves, 
taking on the very nature of Jesus. And I, as pastor of this church, I for one, I want to be totally upfront with people. Don't follow Jesus unless you're going to be all in. Unless you're going to be sold out, fully surrendered, 100%. Here's my life. Here's my everything, Jesus. I will follow you with abandon. I will go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll be your disciple. And starting today, I will give you the rest of my life, knowing you more and more every day, becoming more like Jesus all the time. That's what I, that's what I want people to, be, to know that they're getting into, to be clear about that, what it means to follow Jesus. Okay, let's go back and read verse 10. Verse 10. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. But when the Pharisees saw this, verse 11, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? Matthew invited Jesus and his, and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. Note the progression here. Note the, the way that this all kind of unfolds. I think, it's, I think it's there for a reason. I think it's going to be helpful to us. Very important. Okay, first of all, Jesus demonstrates the invite by reaching out to Matthew. Then Jesus instructs Matthew to be his disciple, to, to learn from him, to do what he does. Matthew is a quick learner. And he turns around and immediately starts inviting others to get into an environment where they can see for themselves who Jesus really is. And I think the progression there is important for, for, for us to, to notice in the scripture. New believers do this all the time. New believers can't stop talking about Jesus. New believers, are, are, they're, they're so excited. They just, they, just, they just leave here and they've got to find someone to, to, to tell them about Jesus and what happened in their life and what God is doing in their, in their lives. They're just full of excitement and the emotion around what God has done for them. And we have to get back to the point where we remember that someone who prayed for us. We need to get back to the point of remembering what it was like when we were new believers, when we came to Jesus, when we first met Jesus Christ. We got to remember the, who, who, who were the people in our lives that were praying for us? Who were the people who were, who were inviting us to get into a place where we could experience Jesus Christ? Someone who, who took a risk on you. Someone who stepped out and reached out to you. We need to remember what it was like for us when the lights went on in our hearts and we saw for the first time who Jesus really is and we chose to follow him. Did you know that that, that fire, that that fire that you have as a new believer, did you know that that fire is never supposed to go out? It is never, ever supposed to go out. It's not supposed to get old. You aren't supposed to lose your evangelistic urgency, your, 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 your passion for, for Jesus and who he is and what he's doing in, in your life. So again, verses 11 uh, through 12 there that we read, Matthew's inviting gets noticed by the religious crowd. And they, they ask the disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? But here's my vision for us. Here's my vision for us becoming a more invitational people. That we would become, Moncton Weston, that we would become so radically invitational that people of every possible background 
would be responding and coming in here and being transformed by the presence of Jesus at such a rate that literally all of Canada would ask, what is going on with that church in Moncton? That we would be inviting at such a rate and that people would be responding and that lives would be being changed by the power of Jesus Christ at, at, at just such a rate that w- what God is doing, that the whole country would have to take notice and say, what is happening? What is going on at Moncton Weston, that church in Moncton? You see, most of us probably, probably already have people in our lives who need Jesus. And you might need to start praying, Lord, help me to see other people. Help me to see the people all around me in my world who I can reach out to. Well, what can we do? If we're going to be more inviting, if this is going to be an invitational church, if we're going to be an invitational people, what can we do? I'm glad that you asked. I have a few ideas for us. First of all, I honestly feel that we need to ask God to forgive us for all the times we have spiritually ignored someone. Ask God to forgive us for all the times when we have spiritually ignored someone. When you've, you've had that opportunity and you didn't take it. Or the Holy Spirit gave you a nudge and you, you, you passed it by. You just shook it off. You ignored it. God, forgive us for the times when we've been spiritual snobs. Where we've stayed in our spiritual cliques and kept people on the outside who, who desperately need Jesus Christ. God, forgive us. Another thing we need to do is we need to pray and, and ask God to to reignite his fire in our lives. Bring back that that fire. Give us an evangelistic urgency. Help us to see people the way that Jesus sees them. Another thing that we we need is we need more compassion. We simply need more compassion. We need to be more loving, more caring. We need to slow down. Slow our lives down and take time for people. If you're too busy for evangelism, you're too busy. If you're too busy to, to, to build relationships with people who are far from God, you are too busy. Another thing we need is we need more boldness. More boldness. We need to be, be more willing to take greater risk. Someone took a risk on you. Most of us are probably here because someone took a risk on you or they took a risk on your parents or there was some somebody reached out at some point and that's the reason why you've come to Christ and now you need you need more boldness to take a risk on someone else another one another thing we need to do is we need to build intentional relationships build intentional relationships not not bait and switch and and uh, you know trying to trick people to Jesus that's that's not what I'm talking about just being real with people and letting the Holy Spirit open those doors and just let the relationship develop and let the Holy Spirit work in people's lives and God will give you the opportunities to share Jesus and to be an invitational person. I've been telling our staff for weeks uh, around here that from this point forward, from the, the time here that, that right now that we're launching this new vision and these core values, from this point forward, Everything we do in this church needs to be invitational. Everything that we do needs to be invitational. Every group, every program, every ministry needs to be thinking all the time, every week, about who they can invite. 
And we need to celebrate the invite uh, every week on a weekly basis. We've got some ideas uh, that we're working on for the coming year, ideas of how we can capture these stories, how we can uh, uh, keep reminding you of all the inviting that is happening and how lives are being changed. And uh, we've got, some, uh, we've got some, some ideas on how we can capture those stories and share them with you. Well, we're going to pray here in a, in a couple minutes. And Pastor Jay and the band are going to come and uh, lead us in a great song. Actually, it's not Pastor Jay. It's Tim Milner. Tim Milner is going to come back and uh, lead us in, in a closing song, in a great song. And in church, as your pastor this morning, I'm, I'm, I really, I, I want a great response. Not for me. Not so people can tell me, hey, while you're in Israel, we had a great response. A great response because I, I, I firmly believe uh, that God is working in our church that he's stirring hearts and lives, that he has a great vision for us in, in, our, in the city and in our communities. And uh, we need to respond to God's word. We need to respond to the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit is, is speaking to us about this morning. And so as Tim Milner comes to lead us in this closing song, let's, let's, let's all stand to our feet. Let's, let's stand right now. Makes it easier for people to get out. And, uh, and let's fill, let's just fill the front area of this church with people who are praying for, for, for more evangelistic fire, for people who are praying, Lord, bring back that passion that I once had for spiritually lost people. Uh, let's fill the front of this church praying for, for unsaved family members, praying for unsaved loved ones, neighbors, co-workers, anyone who you know that you, you, you desperately want to see them come to Jesus. Let's fill the front of this church praying for those people. Just step out from where you are right now. Don't wait for the band to play or just, just come right away. Come right now. Just fill the front of this church praying for unsaved friends and family in our world, praying for revival in our city, in the greater Moncton area, as far as our reach will go, praying for revival in our communities. Don't wait. Step out from where you are and let's fill the front of this church, praying for spiritually lost people all around us, praying that God would use you like never before. Some of you longtime uh, M-dubbers, Moncton Wesleyan folks who've been here for a long time and you've been praying for years for revival. Don't, don't just stand there. Come on down front and help us pray for revival. This is what you've been praying for. So come on down and help us pray about this. Some of you new believers, we've we got tons of new believers here right now. Some of you who are, who are filled with passion and urgency around this, uh, you come. Come on down and, and, and pray that, that this would spread, that others in the church would, would catch your fire. Teens, praying for, for other teenagers, praying for our youth and the youth of this city. Young adults, praying for one another. Come and pray for your friends. Let's declare this morning that we are on a mission. We're serious about reaching the city. Let's get out of our comfort zone and get into the revival zone where God can use us. And maybe you're here today. And uh, you'd have to say, Pastor Tim, I, I've never made that decision to, to, to become a follower of Jesus. I, I don't know of a specific time when I, when I took that step and, uh, and simply said, Jesus, would you come into my life? And this is the most important decision of your life. You'll make a lot of big decisions, but none any bigger than this one. The most important decision you'll ever make is who will I serve? And this is a great opportunity here this morning right now. To, to cross that line of faith and, and simply believe that Jesus is 
who he said he is. He's God's son, born of a virgin, walked on this earth, died on a cross for your sin, and God raised him from the dead. And by simply believing, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead you in a, in a very simple prayer. There's nothing, there's nothing magical in the prayer. The prayer is simply you uh, just, just saying to God, I believe and I want to accept Jesus Christ as my Savior. And the Bible says that, that, that God will, will make you a brand new creation. And uh, he'll give you a fresh start today. And uh, if you want to pray this prayer with me, if you're here and this is the morning, this is the time when you're going to accept Christ, what I want you to do right now before I even pray, with everybody looking around because they want to see who, who you are just so they can cheer for you. If you want to pray this prayer, just go ahead and shoot your hand right straight up in the air. Just, just shoot your hand straight up there. And every time the congregation sees a hand raised, they'll, they'll clap and cheer. They might be clapping and cheering for you right now. Just hold your hand up high and say, today's the day that I need to accept Jesus Christ into my heart as my Lord and my Savior. Let's pray together. Jesus, you see, uh, you see, God, everything that's happening in this church right now. You see the people who are praying down here at the front of this church, praying for revival. Lord, if there are any hands raised in the air, you see those hands, God. And you know that that is, a, that is a, another changed life for eternity. As that person simply says, Jesus, I believe you're a God's son. I want to invite you into my life right now to be my Lord, my Savior. And I'm saying, Jesus, right now that I will... I will follow you. I will serve you. I will do whatever you want me to do for the rest of my life. I am yours, 100% fully surrendered. Jesus, come in and take control of every area of my life. Uh, Forgive me of every wrong that I've ever done. I accept your offer of grace this morning. And I'm so thankful, Jesus, that you gave me this opportunity to follow you and to serve you today. This opportunity this morning at Buncton Wesleyan. Thank you for coming into my life. And, and, and changing me and giving me a fresh start this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, for all those who are praying here at the front of this church and praying for revival and people who are, who are asking for that, that fire, that urgency to come back into their lives, uh, people who are, who are picturing the faces and the names of people, friends and family and coworkers and neighbors who they know that, that are far from you, people who they're burdened for. And God, as you bring back that fire and bring back that evangelistic urgency, God, I pray that you would fill us with, with, with a holy boldness and give us a, 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 just a, a fresh fire and urgency around us today, that we would be willing to take more risks, that we would be willing to, to step out in faith, that we would build those relationships, Lord, and ask your Holy Spirit to work in people's lives, that we might have the opportunity to invite people into environments where they can see for themselves how good and how awesome and how loving God really is and that we might see hundreds and hundreds and even thousands of people come to follow Jesus Christ as their Savior as a result of all this. God, we love you this morning. We thank you and praise you for who you are. And we just ask that you would would bring revival in our city and in our communities. We pray and ask these things together in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're down here at the front of the church, don't go anywhere. Stay and pray and worship as Tim Milner leads us in this great song. And then in a couple of minutes, someone else will be out to uh, close the service. God bless you. Amen.